This episode of Let's Think On It comes from an excerpt from O Brother Radio with Will Lockamy, Reed Lockamy, and Dr. Mark Westfall. Time now to have Dr. Mark Westfall on, which we do once a month. This is going to be a super interesting one that we're talking about tonight. Uh, it's dreams. This is something twice I've done. I read you will want to know about dreams and what is your most common reoccurring dream. And people seem to have the same, you know, they're like four or five. Those are the same ones that everybody has. And so we're going to get to talk about that tonight and, uh, and, and pick your brain on that a bit. Welcome to the show, All Dr. Right. Westfall. Thanks for having me. And I, you know, I was listening to your show on the way in, and I couldn't get out of the car That's, uh, <laughs> tough. to make it the two blocks over because that was yeah. such a – it was really a great conversation you were having uh, with Mr. Anderton. Yeah, and friends at NPR called that a driveway moment. Gigi <laughs> Duban the other day, I, was, I got to be on WBHM, and she said, what was – What's a driveway moment for you? And I was like, oh, yeah, on the spot. I did have one that I came up with, but that's no, what that is, a driveway moment. Great dialogue. You know, you're conversing about something, which is awesome, that you disagree on, but it was a conversation. That's and right. we're having few of those in our country, so I commend you guys for yeah. having that and commend Mr. Anderton for coming in to have it. Yep. I think it was very well done. Absolutely. Well, so, thanks. Thanks for doing that. Yeah, man. So um, now let's talk about dreams, I guess, and yeah. sleep in general. Um, okay. But uh, boy, everybody wants to talk about dreams. That's that's the that's the sexy part of you know yeah. the whole sleep thing, isn't it? Isn't it? The dreams. It is. But boy, I'll tell you, I am so interested in sleep right now. Um, talking to my students a lot. We we work a lot with our uh, IB students about the importance of getting enough sleep. And uh, just happened to listen this morning to yesterday's episode of The Gist with Mike Pesca, and he did a long piece on sleep and the science behind it. And it's uh, it's an important thing. It is. No. So, you know, I'm going to start off with some questions, actually. Okay. Yeah, and, so, uh, one so of, just one of you ladies, we'll rotate, but you, uh, one of you, uh, Ann and Teddy are here, by the way. It's been such a hectic show so far. I know, but they've the been interns. working hard having to get all the, all the guests oh, in and out. So, yeah. thanks for that. So, um, in general, you know, why do we sleep? What is sleep for? Anybody know? It's restorative. Okay. The body sleep. does important things. All kinds of good stuff. Good stuff. Like what? Well, like, for one thing... Recent science has suggested that it's like cleaning out plaque and such in your brain, which, of course, when we think about dementia and Alzheimer's and all those kinds of things, I think I think there's increasing reason to believe that some of the important work of cleansing your mind happens during the sleep cycle. It's like mental hygiene, huh? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Anybody else? Um, yeah. I mean, I'll go. I got to hang out with a uh, Post Malone in my dream the other night, and so I think it's just for entertainment. For what? <laughs> yeah. um, entertainment? Yeah. I don't really know much about him or his music, so I had to <laughs> figure that out. Um, no, I mean, I just think it's where you build energy. I could be totally wrong about that, but uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I've never actually, I guess, thought about how I would describe. Even though well, I do feel like I have a great, uh, you know, a decent understanding. Well, why we sleep. Science is still trying to figure it out. So you're actually in good company because okay. we don't really know what all happens during sleep. Um, Reed touched on some things that we're learning. There definitely seems to be some toxin removal of our brain. But uh, neurologically, there's a lot going on that we, we don't understand. We right. do know some things about it. What happens if you don't go with sleep? Nothing good. Nothing good? You know, here's what I heard on the, on the gist was that if you go 12 straight days of having only six hours of sleep apparently it is the equivalent of being awake for 24 hours straight oh. um, and that is the equivalent of having a blood alcohol level of 0.1 okay so reed's talking about chronic low level sleep deprivation right. and it's no. kind of cumulative which right. is true 
I get okay. I get about mm, yeah six or less hours a night, but I do try to get a, a decent nap in. Now that's not always. I mean that can be a ten minute nap or whatever. Today I, I hit a wall um, and and actually got a, a decent. And we've been like, worried about your cognitive ability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I understand why. No question. Your reasoning skills, your judgment, it's all starting to wane a little bit. We're we a had a worried. we had a neighbor growing up um, that mm. got sick at some point and the illness kept him from sleeping, whether it was the medicine or the illness or whatever. But he went several days without yeah. going to sleep, and he shot himself. He yeah, committed he suicide. died by suicide. Yeah. Um, and that was yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was really horrible. But they pretty much, I mean, he had not been someone who had dealt with depression before. They pretty mm-hmm. much put that on the fact that he was sleep-deprived. And when, you know, this, and I don't really, I don't remember exactly how many days it was, but I feel like three or four days without any sleep at all. And well, sleep and mood definitely have a huge uh, overlapping association and relationship. And people with depression have one of the criteria for depression is uh, a a negative impact on your sleep. And one of the treatments for depression is strongly treating sleep. Um, You can actually improve someone's mood by helping their sleep patterns out. And we can get more of that later. Okay. Um, so what's the longest anyone's gone without sleep? Just random guessing. Anna? I like sleep a lot. So mm-hmm. I've, I've uh, I don't know, one night maybe? Yeah. One yeah. night. Wait, are you asking night. for us personally or well, like in the history of people? Way to go. Okay. So one night for Anna? Yeah. Yeah, I did uh, one night, I remember, I think in third grade over at the Comer's house. And it was like a we were trying to do it. It was like, hey, let's try to not sleep this go night. night. Yeah. And so we did. We stayed up and whatever. And I think eventually I did go to sleep in the middle of the day the next day. Um, and then maybe as an adult, one time, just having responsibility, like yeah. having stayed up, but then having Well, and of course, Will, don't forget, you and I have been involved in a couple of one-night record projects that have involved not sleeping. So that's probably about a 24-hour cycle I went yeah. one time. And of course, I was thinking just the other day about ultra marathoners. You know, they are sometimes running for, you know, 24, 36 yeah. hours yeah. at and a time. In medicine, you know, when I was, uh, my first year in residency, it was, uh, you were on call uh, mm. every, one out of every three nights, and it was an all-nighter, pretty much every third or fourth night, you went with no sleep. And boy, you know, when I was reading... Uh, Some problems, decision-making the next day, they've determined, the so they've cut that out. <laughs> yeah, I was reading Breath Becomes Air, um, and good gravy, when you think about people who are literally performing brain surgery, and they have not been sleeping yeah. much. Yeah, it affects your, it does affect your, your, uh, your uh, thinking. Yeah. Um, but the longest on record for someone to go without sleep, anybody got a guess for that? Back in the uh, 1950s? Gosh. Do not attempt this at home, by the way. I'm it it guess. is dangerous. I'm going to guess it's two weeks. Yeah, that's what I was going to guess. Not bad. It was 11 days. Can't you – you can die without – Well, that's the theory. Rats, uh, after two weeks of no sleep, they die from hypermetabolism. If you spend a fortnight playing Fortnite and do not sleep as a result, then you could die. You dab a lot first. See, apparently a high schooler um, in the 50s, Mm. um, blanking on his name, but he uh, wanted to do a a record uh, for a state fair, science fair. And so it was documented scientifically that he stayed awake. And How did he do it, I even wonder? He had friends rotate and keep him up. Like poking? Yeah. 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 That's where Facebook poking came from, was from that uh, (laughs) time. Uh, that makes me feel sick thinking about. Ugh, I yeah. mean, that's the thing now. If I, like, whatever, being tired is being tired. Like, you know, I got up super early this morning. I stayed up too late last night. I got up super early this morning and then did this, like, this crazy workout after work. And, and then I did my first run since the big run, right? So I basically just had used everything I had in my body. And I just crashed. And I knew it. I was like, oh, I'm going to sleep yeah. for a little while. And I needed to um, to be able to come in tonight and function. 
Uh, so that's just a normal kind of thing. But if it gets to a point like beyond that, if I had not taken that nap, at some point my head was going to start hurting. Like that's what happens. I start to almost feel sick. Yeah, yeah. It, it's unhealthy. Bottom line. And the guy's name, by the way, was Randy Gardner, 1965. Um, I like you did not Google that, by the way. No, no. I, he's got it on paper. It, no, yeah, no. He's got some well, kind yeah, of no, paper I, with him. Yes, I have paper. Yeah. I googled it originally, but I brought it in on no. paper. <laughs> right. But normally, anytime I can't think of something and yeah. then like say it on the air, it's because so. I'm like. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah. So Randy Gardner. So I should have remembered because I just looked it up yesterday. But. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, going without sleep is not um, not helpful. Right, no. And I'll tell you, I know it. I notice it in my classroom. If I have only gotten four or five hours the night before, I have a harder time with word recall. It is, it's, it is noticeable. So, and your students probably may notice them as well. They're not functioning as well. Oh, no question. And, we, once again, for and, and we talk a lot about that with yeah. the students, yeah. All right, so generally with sleep, uh, anybody, do y'all know the, the structure of sleep, um, stages of sleep, all that stuff? REM and REM, deep sleep. Non-REM, and, mm-hmm. two main categories. Mm-hmm. That's all I can, yeah, that's all I know okay. I think. So those two categories. In the non-REM, you've got one through four. The mm-hmm. higher the number, the deeper the stage. Okay. Okay. So you go one, two, three, four, getting deeper and deeper, and then you go REM, and then you do the cycle all over again. Okay. It takes about an hour and a half to get through the cycle the first time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's why if you are going to get just a little bit of sleep, you want to try to get a full cycle or two, so an hour and a half or three hours. Okay. And those are the most restorative, the first two cycles. The next two are less and less gotcha. uh, imperative. Um, so, and the brain waves. So we, mon- we know these stages because we put an EEG on someone's head and we look at the waves on a, on a piece of paper, the electrical waves that are conducted from the outer part of the brain just does a squiggle line on a paper. The more tight the squiggles, um, the more active the brain. Okay. The slower the waves, the less active the brain. Okay. So you get slower waves down in deep four. In REM, you get very tight activity. It actually looks a lot like being awake. Now, when we talk about REM, what's the frequency, Dr. Westfall, of the... Uh I said that was actually just a reference to REM a song. Joke. That, was just a, that was just a convoluted REM joke. What's the frequency? Can yeah. uh, it's a, can. So anyway, so tight. It's, it's a tight frequency. It's a tight frequency. During very rim. similar to being awake. And right. that sense for rapid like, eye movement. It rapid does. eye movement. Right, yeah. Because your eyes move around during REM. Yeah, it's creepy. However, the rest of your body does not. Oh, and this is how we got around to the Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> There's a character in the Haunting of Hill House who has sleep paralysis. Okay. Mm-hmm. So sleep paralysis is when you're um, essentially awake but experiencing REM symptoms. Right. So you're paralyzed during REM, okay? But typically you're asleep. You don't realize it, okay? Yeah, this is what keeps you from, like, jumping up and running around and chasing Post Malone. Yeah, keeps you from, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Keeps you from acting out your, That's your right. dreams. Yeah, thank heavens. Um, so sometimes people dream actively in non-REM yeah. um, and can act them out some. Uh, sleepwalking, that kind of thing. Okay, but that was going to be my question. Most dreams happen in REM. Is that correct? I've always been of, under that. Okay. 80% of people dream in REM. You know how they figured that out? No. They had a lot of people and they kept waking them up. <laughs> Are you dreaming? <laughs> in the 50s? I'm like, For real? Yeah. For real. I'm sure people yeah. love that. They That's why Randy Gardner was like, I'm not sleeping anymore. They followed them on the EEG and when they yeah. hit REM, they wake them up and ask them if they remembered anything. And then they were, when they were in non-REM, they wake them up and ask them if they remembered anything. 80% of the people in REM remembered having something recently, a, a dream of some sort, and only 20% of people in non-REM were in the middle of having a dream. How about so that? So you don't, because I've also heard the myth, and maybe it's a myth, that you dream all the time, but you only remember some of your dreams. Is that Everybody dreams every night. That's what we think by waking people up. 
do you dream and so, all like if you're asleep the whole time are you dreaming the whole time but you only remember the REM dreams? No, you're or? dreaming predominantly in REM. So 80% of the time when they woke someone up they weren't dreaming during non-REM. At all. Right. Yeah. Not just that they that couldn't we remember can tell. It, right. they actually not weren't. Dreaming. Yeah. Huh. Um, okay. Assuming we can remember what we dream as soon as you wake up. That's the, that's the theory because in REM when you wake them up 80% of people say yeah I was just dreaming. Yeah. And, and you know I have a hard time following along so I'm going to ask something you may have okay. already said but again REM is the deepest it's the well. It's not it's, no stage four is the deepest. One, two, three, four, getting deeper, and then REM is a different category, and the wavelengths look very different. It's not deep sleep. It's more like uh, a, an active awake brain, but your body's paralyzed. Yeah. So like uh, you know when the seasons change and stuff, my allergies go insane and I just get sick. So when I feel that coming on, I take Benadryl. Yes. Um, and Do you it, have Benadryl dreams? Yes. <laughs> Benadryl knocks me out. Yeah. Right. Like if I take a Benadryl. In 30 minutes, I need to be near something soft because yeah. I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah. And so that's been happening the last few nights, and I've been having these crazy, vivid dreams yeah. all I'm, night. I have the same thing. Been real. Yeah. But I feel like I'm super, like it's real hard to wake up. And, mm-hmm. you know, once the alarm goes off, even if I had a full night of sleep, it's just very difficult to wake up. So that makes me think like, oh, man, I was really deep asleep mm-hmm. and having these vivid you, dreams. Well, you were deep asleep. Um, and also having vivid dreams. It, it may be changing your sleep architecture a little bit. The architecture is the, it's the way the one, two, three, four, back to rim shape goes. And different people have different architecture mm-hmm. different depths. As we get older, we don't really get into three and four as much. We kind of go down to mm-hmm. one and two and back up. Who has kids? Have you ever had your child and um, maybe traveling in a car and then you they were asleep? You got them out of the car, put them over your shoulder, took them in, put them in bed, and they sure. never even moved? Oh, yeah, yeah. sure. That's stage four. Right. Okay. You, you can't wake them up. We don't get that deep very often yeah. as adults. Um, but we get maybe one, two, a little bit of three. Um, maybe when you're in bed real, you get a little four. So my daughter the other night uh, set up right in the bed. She was next to me. She set up and, and like yelled, like not like panicky, but just like was like, Dad, hey, hey, like kind of calling. She has no recollection. The next morning, we were like laughing about it. She didn't remember. No zero recollection. But she was full on, like actively sitting up yes. and like looking around yep. and like yelling my name. And it took me a while to wake her up as she was doing yeah. it. And like, hey, I'm right here. Okay. And then I realized, like, oh, she was fully asleep during that whole thing. So what you just described was a sleep terror. Mm. Uh-oh. Not, um, oh, <laughs> or <laughs> is she using acid? It could be that very similar <laughs> phenomenon. Okay, yeah. Sleep terror. So what's that? So sleep terror, very common in children, normal in children. Um, and sleep terror is, is when the person acts out their dream. It's typically in a non-REM stage, and they're acting out their dream. And they look kind of terrified, but they have no recollection of it. No. Um, whereas in a nightmare, uh, when you wake them up from it, they typically remember it fully. And they typically aren't acting it out because it's in REM where you're paddled, They're paralyzed. They're paralyzed, yeah. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So um, sleep terror is completely normal. It's part of brain development. Um, one of my sons had that, had those a lot. And it's, it's, it's kind of frightening it as a parent sometimes because sometimes they can be really scared and it looks like they're awake. You're like, what's wrong? You're trying to console them. And then you realize... It's like they're not there. Yeah, I kind of made fun of her about it. <laughs> we have a it's 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 a fun family thing. If if somebody's talking in their sleep at all, mm. egg them on. They're gonna get poked yeah, yeah. at a little bit. Egg them on. Yeah. yeah, why not? She didn't why seem not? to be too terrified by though. She was like calling for me a little yeah, well, distressed, but I mean, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so hmm. hers was a minor sleep terror. So. There you go. Um, so yeah, so those are the basic stages of sleep, and um, some of the, there's a lot of different disorders of sleep. Um, one yeah. of the most common is um, sleep apnea. Yeah. And that happens more as we get older. 
Uh, but sleep apnea is when you're not passing enough oxygen to your brain to keep it going, and so it wakes you up constantly. But it doesn't necessarily wake you up like fully awake. It just pulls you out of a deeper stage to a lighter stage so you can reposition yourself. Yeah. What happens is people are sleeping all night or part of the night, but they're not getting sleep. Real sleep. Not getting rest restorative sleep. sleep. So mm-hmm. it's sleep deprivation, and you can see significant cognitive problems, uh, mood problems, um, lethargy, um, and it's a really common condition. So I, I, I refer a lot of people. I mean, people obviously come to see me for depression. A lot of the people I see, I refer for sleep studies because I'm very sleep vigilant to, to try to treat it and make yeah. sure because I can't treat their mood if they're not getting good sleep. I can't act uh, adequately control their mood symptoms if they're not getting good sleep. I also it's have that a, important. I have a friend whose death was attributed in part to sleep apnea. Well, it's hard on your heart. Did yeah. you have a heart attack? Or? I don't know. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if there had been some substance abuse that went along with it, but he mm-hmm. had sleep apnea, and when I heard from his wife um, upon his death, that's she said, I said, yeah. oh, my gosh, what happened? And sleep apnea was the official. Well, yeah, you if, you, uh, if you have sleep apnea and yeah. you take – uh, heavy doses of medication to force you to sleep. You may not wake up. Your brain may not wake up to those latter stages yeah. to to breathe. Might just not breathe. Around. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. So that's a, that's a scary thing. It is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So mm. um, um, also one more thing I was just going to say real quickly is the thing on the gist they said is also apparently uh, we wake up you know four or five times in an hour, but it's it's we don't notice that. Apparently it's an evolutionary kind of thing. This was part of the discussion they had about the way that people wake up just a little bit throughout their sleep. My well, Fitbit I, also says that's what happens. I think well I think what they're referring to is you move around. So that yeah. so you go through one, two, three, four, and then up to REM and REM isn't is you know, your brain's kind of active. Mm-hmm. And after REM you may you're closest to arousing. So, you know, if you wake up right after a dream, you're probably going to be feeling most alert yeah okay whereas if you wake up in the middle of stage you know of dropping down through the one through four stages you're going to feel more lethargic so some people arouse slightly right after rim mm-hmm. and then you start the cycle back down one two three four stage one is just i mean people are in Light your sleep people are in your class in stage one sometimes sure. <laughs> not just your class no, any sure. class. I yeah, mean, people yeah. sit in the chair and when they're when your head's kind of nodding a little mm-hmm. bit your brain waves are looking like a stage one yeah interesting. Know, when you're just kind of fighting sleep you're, you're on the stage sleep stage one. So, yep. um, let's take a very quick break. I hang out with Dr. Mark Westfall as we do once a month, talking about dreams. Boy, this is really interesting tonight. Uh, so many questions. So here are a few that I've got really quick. Okay. Um, my grandfather used to tell me, and I believe most. I'm of not going to argue with your grandfather. Okay. <laughs> He's dead. You can argue <laughs> with him. Yeah, that's fine. All right. So he would say, like, hey, you need eight hours of sleep a night, and if you miss a couple of hours, like, say, if you only get six one night then you basically need to get 10 at some point to make up for that. Like just getting eight the next night doesn't do the trick. You need to at some point get those two hours you missed back. Was that accurate or? Great, qu- great question. So what happens is you, you do accumulate sleep deprivation. Um, you can't catch up on it in a night, but what will happen the next night, if, especially if you've gone more than just one or two, is that you, you may sleep longer than usual. Um, if you just let your body do what's natural, it will sleep a little longer than usual. When I treating patients in the hospital and they were having you know a lot of confusion and having trouble you know night after night after night without sleeping and then i'd finally get them to with the medication or something to sleep they'd sleep like you know all night and half the next day and the nurse is like he's over medicated i said no he's not over medicated he's just was so sleep deprived his body's just thirsting for sleep 
Um, so you may sleep a little longer the next time when you haven't slept. The guy that I was talking about, Randy Gardner, yeah. that went 11 days. The day he, after he slept, he slept like 14 or 16 hours, and then he said after that he was back to regular eight hours oh. of sleep. So he didn't, you know, continue to need excessive amounts of sleep after that. But you may catch up a little bit the first time you actually get some good sleep if you've been sleep deprived for a while. He also told me that bacon was good for me. What was that true? Or love me some bacon. <laughs> I, he really I heard that. our grandfather say, and I quote, "Eat your bacon. Eat it your is bacon. good for you." He really said that. Um, all right. So the other thing is, like, I'm kind of a night owl. I'm one of those people that generally my schedule, if I didn't have the morning show or children. It would keep me, I would stay up till like two, mm-hmm. right? And then I'd sleep till like nine or 10. That's your normal. That's my normal. Mm-hmm. If I just, whatever that's mm-hmm. uh, now, of course that can't happen, but I still have a pretty easy time going to sleep. I mean, it takes me about 10 minutes and I'm out. Uh, Forensic files does the trick and put it on and bam done. Uh, but I'll tell you this, that's if I have like a glass of wine or something. So this is kind of my routine. I exercise, I get my work done. Um, and then as I'm finishing my work, as I produce the morning show the mm-hmm, night before, mm-hmm. I'll usually have like a glass of wine or maybe a like bourbon drink and boy, just no problems at all. Then like, like a baby, if for some reason, if I don't have any, well, like, and I'm not talking about like multiple glass of wine, I'm talking about just a glass of wine. If I don't have a glass of wine or something, it takes me much longer to go mm-hmm. to sleep. I still, no, actually I think I toss and turn a little bit more. Yeah. What's the deal with that? Well, and am so, I, am I, do I have a problem? <laughs> No, but it really is like I. Well, it's, it's a, a great question. It's a great question. So sleep, first of all, is a habit, okay? And you need a routine to your preparation for going to sleep. Your brain will will develop cues to going to sleep, and so there's something called sleep hygiene. So I recommend people Google sleep hygiene and read about it because it's very important, and you can train yourself to to go to sleep. You've trained yourself through this pattern of going to sleep. Now, you've added a component of a, of a chemical, okay, which is um, sedating. Alcohol stimulates the GABA receptor, and GABA is one of the receptors that sedates, okay? We've got a lot of receptors that stimulate and a lot of receptors that sedate, and um, there's, it's a very complex um, interaction between all these different things that have us be awake during the day and asleep at night. There's more than one. GABA is just one of them. So you're stimulating your GABA to help you relax, and then you move on off to sleep. Okay, I'm right. not recommending anybody have a drink of alcohol before bed, but that's what you're doing. Yeah, and I'm not okay. saying like right before and bed, sometimes, but like as I do my work in the evening, once yeah, I've exercised it's, it's all that, you it's down. just my, yeah. So, and some of the times we use medications that also stimulate the GABA receptor to help people sleep. So it's not that unusual. The problem with those uh, stimulating that receptor is there's a quick rebound on that receptor. And so um, studies show that people who do drink before they go to sleep actually don't get as good of quality sleep on the second and third and fourth cycle. Okay. Interesting. Because the, the, um, right. the, the, um, the GABA receptor is rebounding and trying to now wake you up. Because your GABA receptors are one of the most sensitive receptors to rebound in the brain. Yeah. Which is why alcohol has the worst withdrawals of any drug. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. okay. Yeah, technically speaking, that's what I've read as well, yeah. that it's, it's yeah. really not good for you to drink yeah. before you go to bed. So, but that's what you're doing. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, it's not, not mm-hmm. the end of the world, but th- that is what, that's the, that's the pattern you're in, and it is calming you, yeah. um, hmm. relaxing you. Okay. So. All right. Um, all right, we so have we more have questions. Yeah, Teddy, uh, intern Teddy has a question. Hey, I, I just wanted to know, is there like a correlation between how you sleep and the type of mattress 
So sleep what's your on? sleep number, right? Oh uh, yeah, what's have. your sleep number? Mine is one hundred. No, wait. <laughs> I, I want mine as hard as this are table, they, which it is. I mean, my bed it's up to one hundred. Are have, they a sponsor? Because then, hmm. no, we so we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, I sleep on springs, hmm. but right. some nights I toss and turn a lot. And I also have that thing where I feel like I'm not breathing and I wake up and I'm like, mm-hmm. have I been breathing this entire mm. time? So if you're not sleeping well, you should definitely change what you're sleeping on. Okay. Okay. I mean, if you if you think there's a problem with what you're sleeping on, if you're not really comfortable, you should definitely change it. Okay. Because when, when we sleep, we lose most of our muscular um, tone. And so we're going to conform to whatever the bed conforms to. And so... Uh, you can get in a position where you maybe your neck's a little crooked and you're not getting enough oxygen through, you know, because you're it's it's kinked. Um, because when we're asleep, we're not using all of our uh, chest and shoulder muscles to breathe. We're just depending on the diaphragm. It's a pretty weak muscle. It just pulls air in gently. So if it, if your neck's kinked or you know you have congestion, it has trouble moving air, yeah. and that's part of what sleep apnea is about. So. So yeah, I mean, it's very important to be comfortable on what you're sleeping, and different people are comfortable on different things. Um, but if you're waking up a lot at night, especially at your age, I mean, you're young, you should be sleeping like a rock um, through the night. This isn't most nights, it's just like every once in a while. Yeah. Teddy, we're the, we're the opposite. I could sleep better on this floor mm-hmm. than on a soft bed. Okay. Let, let me give you some simple advice. Just go buy a $1,200 mattress. Oh, Easy perfect. as that, <laughs> easy as that. Yeah. Fixed it. College student, I'm not there yet. Not there yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so start a mattress fund. That's right. <laughs> Anna, what you got? What you said about um, not dreaming during the non um, REM non REM uh-huh. stage was interesting because I feel like I, whenever I set my alarm and I, of course, uh, put the sleep on it for mm-hmm. those like eight minutes, mm-hmm. I always dream during those eight minutes that i have did, the, you, did you slip right back in i slip right back mm-hmm. in that's but that can't be rem it can be or no oh. you can, yes you can you can drop right back into rem sleep if you've if you've just come out of rem sleep i mean sometimes you can you can get there quickly especially later in the evening the first cycle it tends to take the longest to get the rem and then the cycles get shorter and shorter but you i mean it's not you know this is not hard and fast rules this is general principles hmm. you can certainly drop into rem sleep right after you've woken up um, and I, mean, I do the same thing. I mean, sometimes the last last dream is the best one, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> that last 10 or 15 minutes of sleep, you're, you're there again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, again, it's not hard and fast. These are general trends for people. Um, but you, you brought up another interesting thing about just dreams in general. Um, scientifically, and this may sound a little contradictory, but your brain is sending images from the from the brainstem through your thalamus up to the back part of your brain which is your seeing part of the brain the seeing part of the cortex the occipital part yeah. okay and it does that during non-rem but people that recalled images during non-rem those images seem to be more like still pictures hmm. there wasn't an interaction as much and during rem those images are interacted on by your cortex the other parts of your brain and and that again remember i said rems is the part of the sleep cycle when it's almost like an active awake brain, right. but you're not moving. So your brain's interacting with these random images that are being sent. And so that's what creates, we think, this is theoretical, the, what creates the dream is your co- is, is your cortex interacting on these images that, you're, that the deeper mm. parts of your brain are sending. And the key part is the 
the images are based much more in emotion, not in cognition. Mm. Okay, and then we're reacting to that emotion with our cognition. Right. And we're going to get to that in just a minute because okay. you mentioned wanting to interpret dreams. And so that'll come into play when we talk about interpreting dreams is that, just to reiterate, your brain's sending these images deep from the brainstem up to the cortex, and your rest of your cortex is interacting with that image. It's responding to it. It's like, what is that? And it's react, responding and interacting with it, and that's creating the dream state. Um, so let's talk about these dreams okay. that people have. Uh, here was a big one, and this was one that I absolutely had. I remember it vividly, and I looked it up at the time, so I kind of have an idea of what this means. Um, but falling out teeth, where every night your teeth are falling out. You can't control it. Uh, what do you... Do you so know about this one? Is, so the question is, you, you've got to, I think what your question is, what does that dream mean? Yes, that's, okay. right. that's what I'm okay. going to give you. I'm going to give you the dreams that okay. people say so, they have. So my answer to that is going to be partly unsatisfying for you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because that's old school dream interpretation, mm-hmm. which is not current theory. Oh, interesting. What is yeah. current theory? Well, so old school dream interpretation was what Freud and Jung uh, came up with, and they had a lot of different metaphors, okay? Everything was symbolic, and that symbolism was universal, okay? And historically, we'll just go take a little history lesson back. Dreams have been fascinating ever since we've been dreaming. Sure. So, pretty long time, Yeah. right? Back in, you know, historic times, back in the, the, the writing on tablets days, we can see dream interpretation even back then. Yeah. And they were many things were decided by great leaders based on their dreams. They would in Greece they would even put them in an incubator, okay, which was a sacred place where they put people so that they could have these dreams that would then tell them what they needed to do for some great battle. Hmm. So people were making these these life decisions based on their dream, based on being in this incubator um, in a sacred place. People are so stupid, <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> So dumb. So stupid. Well, Will's talking about his teeth falling out. It has something specific, right? Yeah. So at the time I read that, because it was driving me insane, I would have the dream okay. every night. Right. And it, I read that it means you don't have, you, or you feel like you don't have control of your life and like the decisions around you are out of your okay. out of your control. So that's one of the ones that our listeners commented. With the dream falling out. The teeth with the falling teeth out falling was a very out. common thing. Okay, so what I would say to you, if you came in with that dream, I would, first of all, learn a little bit more about you and what's going on in your life, right? And then I would say to you, what emotion did you wake up with? Hmm. Yeah, I have no idea. And might you also, like, check to see if he has serious dental problems? I would definitely (laughs) check that because I I did have a patient one time. (laughs) (laughs) Who had their teeth were actually falling out? No, but she came in and she had... uh, Mm. been told she was having delusions um, that there were bugs in her head. Oh, no. And um, <laughs> and she came to see me. I, I'd, se- I'd been seeing her for depression for a long time, and they, her primary care doctor sent her in because she was now having delusions. She had bugs in her head. And I said, really? So I rolled over in my chair and looked over at her head, and she had a serious <laughs> case of lice. <laughs> there <laughs> definitely were bugs on her head. And I said, you do not have a delusion, my friend. You Good need to go get treated. Go Good back to your primary news. care doctor Goodness. and infect his office for me. <laughs> Um, so anyway, okay. So you would so say, what's your emotion? What's your, yeah, what emotion mm-hmm. did it evoke in you? Because that's that's the crux of the matter. Dreams are emotion driven, and they mean different things depending on the person. We would start with that, and then it may certainly have some symbolism. And certainly, your teeth falling out for most people probably symbolizes something where you're um, it makes you anxious or you're losing control. Yeah. Um, it's not a positive thing. So, and, and most 
strong dreams have a negative emotion to it, either anxiety or, you know, the whole, like you're, you know, you're naked in public or you've forgotten something for class. That's or, the big one. The, the oh, forgetting something in class is the big one. Huge. Unprepared. Yeah. yeah. You, you're unprepared. You get to the class and everyone else has everything ready and you, and you don't. It's like yeah. you haven't been there sure. in a month. It's a feeling yeah. of inadequacy. I mean, I, I mean, what would that, how would you feel if you go into class unprepared and everybody else is prepared? That's the other, that's the only other one now that I think I, I kind of currently still every now and then will have. Yeah. And so, so yeah. I would stop and say, okay, that's clearly uh, probably you're experiencing some feelings of inadequacy and something. So then we go through what's going on in your life right now that you may or may not be conscious of that you're not really on top of. And that's the kicker is, is finding out how it relates to your current life because it probably doesn't always, but it probably does. It probably relates to something that's going on in your life right now and you may not be thinking about it much. And that's one of the things we think dreams do for us mm. is play out our emotions without this cognitive control. Because remember I said the, 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 um, uh, the image is started from the brainstem, not from the cortex, which is where we do our thinking. Yeah. And so if you think about the brain as this amazing organ that can, th- that can think along a, a, a spectrum of very focused and attention, like you know uh, making a baseball hit a certain spot in a, in a mitt at 100 miles an hour, mm. that's really laser focus and pe- I mean, 70,000 people watching. That's some serious focus, right? to someone who's just daydreaming and letting their mind go anywhere to being in a dream state while you're asleep and now it's really going crazy there's no limits to where it can go and you're flying and doing all these things and you actually feel like you're experiencing it it's just the other end of the spectrum of being in cognitive control Hmm. so your emotions drive that and stopping to look at your dreams i think is important to understanding more about yourself now some current scientists think that they're just random cast off images from the day and they don't really mean anything. I disagree with that current scientific hmm. approach. My dreams are somewhat realistic. I, I really have the like superhero, like I can fly and it's always, it's always you, something. You do involved. have that or do no, not? No, I do not. Rarely yeah. have that. No, I do. I used to, you know, I, I was a skydiver for years and I stopped at some point. So since then I have reoccurring skydiving dreams where I never actually get to skydive. I go through the, oh, sweet, I'm back at it. Here we go. And I'm in the plane oh. and we go gone through the preparation and then like doors open and I wake up. Every, okay. Like I never am able to actually yeah. jump. And out so of the what? What emotion does that evoke? Just thinking about that right now. What? what? Anger. <laughs> okay. Anger. No, 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 no anger. No, no, frustration. That's frustration. frustration. Yeah. Disappointment, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Frustration, disappointment. So you know, then you stop and think. Okay, you know, if if it's a recurring thing. Now everybody dreams periodically. Maybe something happened that day or not. Right. But if it's a recurring thing, you're thinking. Okay, what's going on? Why am I frustrated? If, am I frustrated with something? I'm frustrated that I don't get to skydive anymore. <laughs> well, so okay, maybe you you know maybe you need to stop and look at what it is you're not getting out of your current daily life that you want to get more out of. It's adrenaline. Um, okay, so why are we so naked and why do we run so slow in our dreams? Oh, now, surely that sleep l- paralysis has something I, to do with the run. I have so. a lot of issues with yeah. not being able to move in my dreams. Yeah, I mean it's like I and I just can't yeah. move, and uh-huh. I do think it's. I think there is a level of conscious awareness that you can't move. Yeah. Um, that stimulates that feeling of I can't move. You know, being um, chased and and 
them running at normal speed and me running at slow motion. Yeah. Like yeah. that was a thing. Yeah. My yeah. golf swing also in my dream is horrible. Oh, but like in I real life? Oh yeah, like I'm trying to swing a golf. No, no. I mean, <laughs> but in, in real life, my, it's great. Oh my, well, it's fine. <laughs> He's a good golfer, of but course. <laughs> in my dreams, when I am like, oh, everybody watch me hit a golf ball. And then I'm like, wait, why can't I move my arms down? It's embarrassing. Yeah. But I think it's about sleep paralysis probably. I think it's a combination. And then, yeah. you know, if it's recurring again and, it, and you do feel embarrassed when you wake up, then yeah. you may think about you know and what's other situations today sure that triggered that am emotion. i not performing well yeah. in general yeah. areas yeah, yeah. But, mm-hmm. no. ella writes in and she says um hey dogs dreaming right they run in their yes, sleep like you can see all we that think they do so her question is what is the level of cognitive functionality that's required for dreaming that's a great question smart smart cookie smart this cookie um i don't know if i know the answer Honestly, you have stumped the doc. Yeah, I don't know that we know the answer, but they that. are That's dreaming. I mean, they're they're dreaming. They, and they're, appear, we think they dream. They bark and they cry yeah, and they totally. Yeah. I think uh, I think she's right on to something, and I don't know that we know that there is any requirement level of cognitive function because it really is again, it's a deep brain uh, image. It's not a cognitive. It's not the outer cortexes, which which is what us humans think we're so smart about. Yeah. It's coming from the deep part of the brain that is the emotional center. So you would think then. Uh, if they have a visual cortex, yeah, and they have a deep brainstem, which all animals do, then maybe all animals dream. But it's an interesting question. Like, do you have to be a certain level of smartness? Like, has anyone ever done a study to see whether or not um, fans of Infowars dream? And that'd be an interesting thing to check out. <laughs> yeah, you just. Get a bunch of fans to yeah. sleep. Get a bunch of non-fans to sleep, and wake them up. They do seem pretty emotional, so yeah. maybe so. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, this is great super question. interesting. Great question. Yeah. Any more? Um, I don't have any reoccurring dreams, really, so yeah. oh, am, Teddy's I, am I one of those dumb ones? No, I don't think no, you... No, no, no. You may just not have anything. I mean, reoccurring dreams are more like a flag that something's not getting resolved in your waking hours. And that's something... Basically, you're perfect. You might just be well-adjusted. Yeah, you just... I just really wanted you to say that. You and Ella should hang out, smarty pants. So, you know, and there are some classic, like... Let me just give you some examples of some classic dreams. So, um... You know, a um, uh, college uh, female dating someone who she's not sure about, mm-hmm. okay, um, you know, is enjoying the dating but just doesn't think it's going to be long term. Tells me she's dreaming about going to a carnival and having a great time, but it feels very risky and there's a lot of risk taken on, but she's also having fun. And so mm-hmm. then, you, you know, you talk about it and she feels conflicted was the emotion she felt. I feel conflicted. It was, it was fun, but it was also risky. And so then, you know, a little bit more exploration. She tells me what's going on in her life, and she says, well, you know, I'm dating somebody, and I don't really think he's the one for me, but, it's, you know, it seems like it's fun right now. So, you know, yeah. you get to the com- the conflicted feeling she was having, and, you know, Talk voila. about a legitimate emotional situation. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so it wasn't mm-hmm. that difficult. So then, you know, another one is a mom being at a, uh, a, a mother of a, you know, newborn child. They have a lot of dreams of inadequacy or losing their child, and those are just classic I'm not capable of taking care of another human, Yeah, you know. And so, you know, they're having that dream occurrent, and they wake up, and they're very anxious. Um, they're not really aware of their anxiety during the day. They're, they're doing the super mom stuff, but they keep having the dream. And then you slow them down a little bit, and you really get them to talk about, you know, how they're feeling about their day. And then they start, you know, tearing up and saying, you know, I really do. I feel like how can I possibly make, make it through and have right. this person become – a healthy mature adult I, I, I it's a lot of pressure and so you know just taking stock of the dreams slowing the person down helping them understand what the dream means to
to them. Almost I like a Rorschach, is. using it just yes. like, what are you getting out of this? Yes, exactly. Yeah. They project their yeah. issues onto the image. Yeah. That's a great analogy. In a lot of my dreams, I wind up going on dates with Will's mom. Is that something Will should be concerned about? Um, <laughs> that's not true. I don't know how to answer these guys sometimes. That's not true, actually. <laughs> Um, Teddy, before uh, we go, we have a couple minutes left. You had a question? I do have a question. I have okay. tons of questions. But right. um, my last question is, um, does food have any effect on your sleep? Mm, great question. Um, the answer is yes. I don't know that we know scientifically. Um, I can't give you scientific answers of what food does what to you, but certainly when you eat, it um, may have an effect on, on, your, on your sleep for sure. Um, most people, you need to eat a few hours before sleep, um, partly just because it, it kind of sits high in your stomach and, I mean, in your abdomen. Your stomach's high in yeah, your abdomen. Sure. And so is your diaphragm. So your diaphragm's trying to pull air down and your stomach's full, so it's having to push against your stomach. So you actually don't breathe quite as well when you have a full stomach, mm. okay? You also may have a little bit of what they call regurgitation. When you lay flat, now that food can move its way back up to the esophagus. Yeah. Um, and you may actually aspirate just a little bit into your lungs, and that may wake you up, or you may wake up coughing in the morning. Um, or you so, might die a little. I was going to say, where Or you might <laughs> die. But yeah. it, this, this is just subtle mouse. And yeah. this happens to a lot of people who actually drink before bed. Yeah. Um, because drinking relaxes your smooth muscles, relaxes the sphincter of, uh, that keeps the food in your stomach. And so people that drink before bed and also eat right before bed really have a lot of reflux and and it can cause problems you can aspirate and have you know just kind of a, a, a wheezy or an asthma or a chronic cough kind of thing well, learn i don't eat late at night <laughs> yeah you learn something new every day i just i think i just learned there's more than one sphincter in my body yeah. yes there is there there's one go. at the top and one at the bottom Reed. there you go <laughs> you gotta <laughs> keep that's why you can stand upside down and it doesn't come out either end it's good to know <laughs> all right last question uh ella writes in one more time and says what about crossover dreams what's the deal with that i'm totally skeptical that that actually exists but I've heard many counts of people having similar dreams at similar times that involve each other. Hmm. I've never heard of that. Well, that's fascinating because that's been reported. Um, I can't say that Sounds like baloney to me. It does seem like a baloney, but um, there has been report of people who have similar dreams when... Uh, uh, they have to just be thinking about each other, right? I mean, like, now I have that, like where I've hung out with someone and then, you know, a week later or whatever, it's like... Oh my gosh, I had this dream about you last night. Like, what? I had a dream about you. Like, ah, like, but it's because you're just thinking of it. You're, I, I, yeah, I really don't, I don't know the science behind it. It's been reported. I can say, I don't know that there's been reported enough that people have done scientific studies. Another one that's interesting. Uh, so bottom line is, I don't know the answer to that one, but it has been reported. Okay. Um, and there may be some legitimacy to it. I don't know. Next I think time. there is. I just don't think it's like uh, any kind of science fiction stuff. I mean, I think it's, you know. Right. Next time, next time we should get into lucid dreaming well, and how to do it. Lucid yeah. dreaming is when people are yeah. aware that they're dreaming at the time and just go crazy. And no, no, they just can alter their dream. They know they're dreaming, so they say, well, you "Oh know no, what? that's what I mean. Go crazy. Have a oh great yeah, yeah, time. yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Go crazy in the dream. Have yeah. fun. You, you're in control. Yeah. Um, my th theory on that. This is absolutely not scientific, other mm -hmm. than knowing the brain. Um, is that people c that it can do that may have remember on that spectrum of being really focused versus really kind of daydreaming mm -hmm. i think they're typically a little bit more controlled in their cognition okay yeah. and so the dream state doesn't turn off their cognitive awareness as much because what happens in rem is your cognitive awareness in one part of the frontal lobe is 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 diminished even though the rest of your cognition is interacting with it 
your cognitive control over it is relaxed, which is why you can have all these fanciful kind of things. These people have a little bit of trouble letting that go, maybe. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe it's just... It's an interesting idea, one way or another. Oh, it's fascinating. I I wish I had it, but I don't. Uh, Psychiatrist Dr. Mark Westfall joins us each and every month here on Brother Radio. To listen to Dr. Mark Westfall live, check out O Brother Radio on Birmingham Mountain Radio, 107.3 FM in Birmingham, 97.5 in Tuscaloosa, at bhammountainradio.com, or on the free BMR app. Join in with your questions and comments on Twitter, at Lockamy Brothers. 